Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. We're good to go. All right. Well, I'm ready to go when you guys are. All right. Well, I'll introduce you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, special guest joining us tonight, Mr. Short E. Dangerously from Hell's a Poppin' Circus Side Show. Yeah. Excited to talk to you, man. We've had, uh, I've had a couple friend and fan requests saying, you know, you really got to get somebody from that show on your show. (laughs) After talking to uh, Joe Liftoak, oh, he's been on the show a couple of times. We've uh, become pals, and uh, he said uh, you'd be great to hit up, and uh, loves your performance, everything else like that. So, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, man. I love Joe Lifto. He's a good dude. I love him so much. Oh, he's great. We always have a good time talking to him, and uh, definitely need to meet him in person. We haven't had a chance to do that yet. Oh, he is a hoot. Yeah. I was all set to go to Austin and like right before the uh, shutdown, the first like shutdown. Whenever, whenever we are in Austin, he usually sits in with us on a guest spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. He, he'd been on a couple of shows. Yeah. He wants to do more by the way. So hit him up. Yeah. We're, we're trying to figure all that out. Maybe, uh, maybe later this year in September, hopefully that's, we're trying We're you know, we're a little too far off by right now to, to think that far but that's that's the plan at least yeah so where's home base for you for me it's uh, daytona beach florida right on nice so uh if you uh we talked to joe about this a little bit have you been down there and uh visit some of the uh old school sideshow cats uh down in florida uh not really uh, i have i know who the old school cats are mm-hmm. and i had i had the good fortune of working with them about 10 years ago in a certain show you know, so I got my history lesson there, and that's where I, you know, discovered a love for Sideshow and the history about it. And, you know, knowing that where it comes from and who came before us and mm-hmm. who did it before us. And now we're doing it now. And, you know, who's going to come after us and what's that going to be like in the future? And, right. You know, all that good stuff. Yeah. Any uh, favorite stories passed down? Um, I would have to say it was I was speaking with Ward Hall once. Okay. And he is old school. He's since passed on, but he was known as the king of the sideshow in the olden days. And he kind of had this voice and he talked like this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was wearing a t-shirt or a a shirt one night and it had crime ink on the, on the pocket. It was like a button down shirt. It's had that. Mm -hmm. And he, he comes up to me, he goes, crime ink. I didn't know it was a corporation until they brought that fucking Rico towards me. Because <laughs> back in those days, you know, they had the girl, sh- the girl shows and, you know, you had the possum belly queens and they, you know, the blow off was a blow off. You went in there and got your, got your blow for, you know, 10 bucks, you know, or, you know, or five bucks or, you know, a dollar or whatever it was back in those days. <gasps> so that's, you know, the blow off was literally a blow off. Wow. So, Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's that's you know kind of the the old school crazy stories of how it used to be, and I bet that was a hell of a time. I Holy bet. shit! I can't even imagine. <sighs> yeah, right. We think we're so much more hardcore or whatever today. Nope, nope. No, man. <laughs> they and they. Ooh, you know, you think about the history of all that stuff, man. That was some some insane shit back then. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We should probably tell everybody a little bit about your act if they don't, uh, if they don't know it. Yeah. I'm uh, familiar with it, but some of our listeners may not be, you know, how, how do you describe yourself or how do you describe your act? What's kind of the elevator pitch? Well, you know, I, there's two acts that I perform in the show mm-hmm. of the many that there are, and we'll get into that later. Uh, the basic, the, my first act, my first set, as I'll call it, is basically where I get introduced to the crowd. You know, they see me for the first time. Uh-huh. And uh, I do something called the human applause meter. Yeah. And for your listeners who don't know what that is, it's, you know, you clap your hands, you know, the meter goes up and down. Well, I do a thing where I'm the human applause meter and I'm going to, I count to three and I lift my, I lift up into a handstand, a handstand position. Uh, you know, now bear in mind, I'm a half man, so I don't have any legs. Right. So I'm on my arms. Right. I'm known in the sideshow world as a half man, which means, um, I don't have any legs and, you know, the story goes, I have nothing below my waist, but I'm going to let you know right now, there is something below my waist and, mm-hmm. I, I have many females that will attest to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> right on. But um, well, that saves one awkward question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, but I always get asked it by the dudes. Right. I always, that's the question I always get asked, and it's always by the dudes. Huh. I don't know why. I think you and Joe Lifto maybe have that in common that it's just something that people <laughs> want to know about. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You're probably right. You know. Hey, curious minds, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I do the human applause meter, and it's basically, I count to three. When I say three, I need you to go nuts, make all the noise you can, because a lot of you guys are the higher up in the handstand I'm going to go. And then I tell them, and I'm like, if you're really loud, it's kind of like an earn it kind of thing. You know, if you're really loud, I'll do something else after this. So I count to three. They go nuts. I go up into it. I do a couple push-ups, and then I swing up full into it, full vertical handstand up in the air. And I hold it for a few seconds, and I swing down. And if they deserve it and they earned it, I do a one-arm handstand, and I hold that for about 30 to 40 seconds. Oh, wow. Jesus. On a rotating turntable. So. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's tough, man. I, I don't think, uh, who was it, Johnny Eck, I don't think he ever did a rotating turntable, did he? No, he just had his stool. Yeah? Yeah. But it, you know, it, 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 it spins, it's, it's a, it's a slow spin. So I'm able to keep my balance good, but, uh, it looks visually, it's really cool. Yeah. Do you ever have a night where the audience just doesn't cheer enough and you're like, fuck you, I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) Right. There are nights where I'm like, usually it's one of those things where like, if I say three and they don't just absolutely lose their fucking minds. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like they're kind of half-assing it. Uh-huh. I'll come down and I'll be like, "I thought we had a deal." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Sometimes you got to goose them a little bit to get it. Right. And some audiences unique. In certain situations you got to kind of spoon feed them a little bit to kind of grab their attention. But once you lock them in, then you got them. Right. Get them off their phones. Yeah. Get them off their phones. Get you know. Get their head in the game. You know. And then I and then I do it. And then I do the one arm, and it's all peaches and cream after that. So. Yeah, I was just watching some video of some of your performances earlier. I mean, I don't, I don't want to give away too much if there's something that you're like, you know, oh, you got to come see the show. You know, I don't want to. I don't give any spoilers. I, I will say this. I will tell you my other significant act, and it is the most dangerous one I do because I risk pretty much my mobility 
because I walk on my arms, I, I risk my mobility. Yeah. And the fact that if the act goes wrong, I could lose that mobility temporarily or permanently. And that is walking on broken glass while it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so you got to come to the show to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it on fire. <laughs> the videos that I checked out. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Have you taken any bad injuries from that? Uh, a few. Yeah. There, there have been a couple times where I've gotten cut and probably should have got stitches, but you know, I didn't and I patched it up and then got everything under control and then went out and did it the next night. So, huh. mm. wow. You cannot be a pussy and do what we do. Yeah. No, no, no. you cannot. I, I was watching just some of the acts and, you know, Ugh, you almost have to turn away sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I couldn't stop staring. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, one thing is, is that sometimes people don't understand is that for some of us, um, especially with some of the ex- more extreme acts, like Bryce, you know, with the fire eating, mm-hmm. and Eric Ross, you know, with the Fakir act, the needles through his arm. Oh, yeah. With those acts, and especially the glass thing for me, is that we are literally torturing ourselves for these people's entertainment. Yeah. And we do it every single night, six nights a week. Yeah. I was nervous watching. I watched Bryce do the, the fire eating act, and I was, like, afraid his beard was going to light up. <laughs> Does he, like, treat it with something beforehand? No. He, uh, the, the one thing is, is uh, he doesn't have a mustache. He shaves the mustache off. Oh. Okay. Smart. But in the nine years that I've been working with him, I have never seen him catch it or anything. Hmm. Wow. I, I saw him catch a guy's beard on fire in the audience once. <laughs> <laughs> but but never never his own. Huh. Yeah, I guess that guy got his money's worth. They use paraffin oil? Is that it? For the, the spitting, the breathing, uh, when, the, when the fire shoots out of his face. Right. You know, in his mouth up into the air, that is a paraffin, yes. Mm-hmm. The fuel that is used is uh, white gas. Oh wow! For the for the eating. Okay. Jesus. So you know the, he's up there. He, him and Willow are up there every night ingesting fuel, and Bryce is shoving a power drill in his face. <laughs> right. And I'm walking on broken glass, and Eric Ross is shoving needles in his face and getting his stomach pumped every night. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, and Lucian Fuller, he's he's up there on a unicycle, and and Camille Zamboni, she's twisting her body that even hurts me, yeah, in ways, and and dislocating her shoulders, and and all kinds of things. And I some of the stuff, some of the stuff, I'm not gonna lie, is hard for me to even watch. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I'm guessing insurance is not cheap. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap, or or it doesn't even really exist. There was a time some years ago where there was a stunt and I was the only one that would do it because I was the only one that had health insurance. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I volunteered to do it because I was the only one that had medical coverage if it went wrong. Jesus. Can you say what the stunt was? I was a human target for an archer. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Any injuries with that one? Nope. Nope. Good boy, got lucky. <laughs> Couple of close calls, but I just stared at Bryce and winked when it happened. So, <laughs> yeah. oh shit! Wow, that's amazing. Do you do other other uh, you know kind of acrobatics? Do you do knife throwing too? Did I read that correct? Uh, that was something I dabbled in a long time ago. 
Uh-huh. It was one of those things that's a skill that I was wanting to learn and I was taught and I still could pursue it. But the problem is, is when I'm on tour, I don't have enough time to practice. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of stupid to be lugging around a big old knife throwing board and a trailer if you're not using it in the show. Right. Yeah, I've got a set. I've been practicing with them for well, a couple of years. Just I'm not well enough. And I suck at it. Right. I'm terrible. Never really could get it down. My daughter's better than I am. You know, kids are usually better at stuff than adults just because their minds are sharper and quicker. Yeah. And they got they got those reflexes, man. Yep. And they don't have the doubts, you know. Right. No fear. None. They don't have any of that in them. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's what you do. I got it. Still invincible. Yeah, I... uh I always joke I traded the knives for the glass. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Instead of me cutting someone else, I'll, I'll cut myself, you know. Uh, we don't want that either. Anybody ever get, like, the yips? Uh, give me another term for that. You know, like in golf where so, suddenly, like, you just can't hit the ball worth a shit anymore? Oh, uh, yeah. And it, you've been playing great, and all of a sudden there's something gets in your head and you can't do what you've been able to do? Yeah, like a block. Yeah. Um, not really to that extent. Uh, there's there's nights where things are more difficult than they are other nights. Yeah. Like there's a night. There's nights where the sword goes down Willow's throat mm-hmm. easier than others. There's nights where when I'm on the glass, it's very pokey and janky. And then there's other nights where it feels like I'm just walking on like glass beads. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're nice and round and they're soft and it's comfortable if if you can grasp that concept of being comfortable on broken glass. You know, and then, uh, you know, there might be a night where Camille, uh, she's our contortionist. She also shoots archery with her feet uh-huh. and she bends into different positions and shoots from those positions using her hands and her feet and that sort of thing. And there's nights where she hits every shot. Yeah. And then there's nights where she doesn't hit every shot and she doesn't hit them dead center. She might be a little low or high, but there's no like actual block. I haven't seen any of that, at least, you know, in the last couple of years. Everybody that we have on the show, we're professionals. You know, this is what we do for a living. Right. It, it, people always sometimes ask me, you know, do you get nervous before you go on stage? Huh. And I just, you know, look at them. I'm like, do you get nervous before you go to work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I guess. Well, and that's it. You know, sometimes I do get a little nervous before a show and that's that good energy, you know, but, yeah, you know, for the most part, for me, it's just another day at the office. Okay. Time to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. I was a theater major and DJed for a while. I always liked when I was a little bit nervous because I felt like I had a bit more of an edge because there were nights where I just go on and I wasn't nervous at all. And I felt like my performance was soft. Mm-hmm. Because I just was too confident and I really wasn't focused like I needed to be. Yeah, I I can see what you're talking about right there. Usually, at least for myself personally, and I'm sure other performers as well, is the crowd can get you through that. Mm, Yeah. Because you literally feed off of their energy. And when we're up there, it's it's a constant push and pull, a tug of war of energies. You know, we're pulling for theirs and... You know, we're pushing back with ours and they're pushing back with theirs. And, you know, it's a it's a constant battle. <sighs> and on the nights when you're not exactly feeling it too much, they they give you that energy and then that'll jack you up and then it'll sharpen you up and kind of get you back in the moment. 
That makes sense. Right. So you uh, you DJed for a while, didn't you? Yes, I did for about 15 years before I got into this. Oh, wow. You guys should talk shop. Yeah. Yeah. So you were doing a lot of clubs. Is that right? Clubs and mainly strip clubs. Right. <laughs> I know that's got stories with it. There's no way. <laughs> that's another podcast altogether. <laughs> I know. Probably. I, I mostly did like I, I did radio for a long time, and then I did a lot of parties and wedding receptions, and you know. That was that was the one thing I never did. Mm. Weddings. Yeah, uh, the pay's good, but you know. Yeah, but it's not worth it. I, I even on my business card it said, "Sorry, no weddings." <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I really don't. I kind of got out of radio because it paid so much better, and I needed the money. Yeah. Well, I did a couple of I did a couple of gigs where there was a stripper, and those were good stories. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a couple of those. <laughs> uh, lesson learned: Don't touch the stripper. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't touch that. Nothing not Matt learned it the hard way. I did not, but I saw someone. <laughs> See, now I'm curious. I'll tell this story. <laughs> this is a good story. So. This was a guy's like 40th birthday and you could tell they were just all partiers and they got the dude smashed, brought in a stripper. She came in, talked to me, told me what she wanted to do, gave me the CD she wanted me to play. We went over. She was cool. I liked her. Yeah. And they do this game where she places a cup strategically at different points on her body. Mm -hmm. Right. And his job is to try and sink like wadded up dollar bills into the cup. That's cool. Yeah. It was a good idea. And he's wasted, man. He cannot sink a single bill. He's just, they're all over the place. And finally, you know, he, he just gives up and decides he's going to pull a Jordan and slams one in the cup and then reels back and just slaps her on the ass. <clears throat> Everything kind of freezes <laughs> at that moment. <clears throat> yeah. I'm guessing her driver didn't like that too much. Yeah, yeah, she handled it so awesomely, though. What she did, she was, like, totally cool. She's like, hmm, sounds like somebody likes spankings. Anybody got a belt? Oh. <laughs> Literally within, like, half a second, man, she had, like, four five belts. <laughs> flying across her. <laughs> and she, like, is all, you know, kind of coy and mm -hmm. teasy with him and, like, mm, get that, you know, gets him down on all fours and then just beats the shit <laughs> out of the dude. Just wails. And you see, like, this drunk, smiley ah, face just go to horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she don't ever touch the stripper. stripper. Throws the belt down. Wow. And I was just like, if there's ever a slow clap moment, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I'll go with that. I will agree with that statement. <laughs> Salutes to you. That was awesome. <laughs> Can I get your card? <laughs> uh, we should team up. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of miles out of that story. Yeah, not all heroes. It's a good story. Yeah, it is. So you were in a band, too. A long time ago, weren't you? Like before you started performing? Uh, not really. Um, like in high school, but that was years ago. Oh, okay. I uh, I used to drag race. Oh, did you? I uh, had a couple different Camaros and was sponsored and all that sort of thing. And made a little bit of a go at it, you know, regionally where I lived. Huh. And uh, 
for one glorious summer, that's how I made my living at the, tra- at the, at the drag strip. So, wow. Sponsors picked up the tab, and I won a couple races, and that financed everything. Wow. Sweet. Well, you've really earned the dangerously moniker then. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that I've, when I was a kid, I was always, you know, skateboarding, drag racing, huh? snowboarding. Like, if it's dumb and there's a potential for injury, I was always about it, and I don't know why. Uh-huh. You know, because I was I was born with the condition, and my legs were amputated when I was two and a half. Mm-hmm. So I've been this way all my life, and I've always had that zero fucks right for personal safety. I'm gonna go and fucking bomb this mile long hill on my skateboard, <laughs> and you know I'm gonna drive this car that goes zero from a 235 miles an hour in 11 seconds does a wheelie when I hit the throttle. You know, like I've always been about that stuff and i don't know why it's just something i've always you know uh my mom used to always tell me that uh i'd tell her you know i want to go skydiving i want to go bungee jumping and she would say you know only after i'm dead (laughs) yeah right and whenever i'd come up with another like hey i want to do this she goes that goes on the after i'm dead list (laughs) (laughs) yeah we scared her to death yeah did you skate pipe I did, yeah, half pipes, quarter pipes, street, you know, all that stuff. Right on. Um, I, you know, back in the probably the '90s, early to mid '90s, um, I got an, I, I got recognized and received an amateur sponsorship from a company called H Street. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They're no longer around, but you know, old school skaters will re- remember them. Yeah, I remember H Street. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I had an amateur sponsorship. Nothing, you know, no money or nothing. They just send me a bunch of shit, you know, decks and shirts and. You know all that stuff. So, oh, that would have been good enough at that age, though. It was. I thought I, I thought I had made it. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was cool. Yeah. So uh, when did you uh, just get out of skating? When were you done with it, or have you ever been? Well, I still I still ride a skateboard like for transport. Mm-hmm. You know, like in a parking lot, or you know, if uh, I'm running down to my neighbor's house or something, I'll I'll skate, I'll jump on the board and go down there, whatever. But um, I got I quit skating, like doing all the tricks and the ramps and all that. Right. I, I that stopped when I got my driver's license. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that makes sense. That's about the same time I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Once I could drive, go anywhere I wanted, go into the city. Yeah, I don't need a skateboard anymore. Yeah. Go to the girls. Yep. Don't make them come to you at the skate park. <laughs> Absolutely. Go pick them up. That's right. That's a similar experience. Yeah. And you, uh, you were a Midwestern boy, is that right? Grew up uh, around Michigan, is that right, or Ohio? or? Yeah, Michigan and Ohio. Mm-hmm. I claim my Michigan way more than Ohio. Yeah. I'm a diehard uh, U of M football fan, so. Right on. But, uh, yeah, no, it was basically like school was, like winter months in school was spent, you know, in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And then summer was spent up in Michigan with grandparents, aunts, uncles, mm-hmm. hunting, fishing, camp, and all that stuff, you know. Right on. What'd you like to fish for up there? Up there, we go for pike. Yeah, and uh, and you know, walleye, trout, lake trout, uh-huh. perch, yellow perch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can get muskie, salmon, sheep's head, steelhead. Yeah. My uncle every year he used to take me. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where in Michigan it is, but it's a river called the Rifle River. Okay. And every year they have the sucker festival. Oh yeah, yeah. For mm. the sucker fish. Uh huh. And what what it is is that the salmon, and the and the steelhead, sheep's head, they all spawn up the river and they run up and they spawn. Mm-hmm. Well, then the suckers come in behind them, 
and eat all the eggs. Right. So literally, you could be on the shore of this river. Every cast, you're yanking something. Right. There, I mean, you just throw it out there. You wait a minute, and you hit. Fish on. Huh. You know, and there's guys that have big, these like kind of like boom cranes with these big square nets. Uh-huh. And they take the, the crane, the boom, and they put it out over the water. And they lower the square net down into the, you know, it's like a, on a frame. Mm-hmm. And they lower this net down into the water, wait about 10 minutes and bring it out. The damn thing's full. Wow. I mean, it was, it's, it's amazing. It was insane. Yeah. Is there a catch limit? You know, I, I was so young at the time. I really don't know because my uncle, he was not, he was, he was always hunting and fishing. And I was raised, you know, you, you take what you eat or you take what you kill. Right. Right. And you use you use every part of the animal that you can. Right. You know, you know, conservation and all that stuff. So suckerfish were not good eating. He's like, <laughs> yeah. they're good, but he's like, he's like, they're good, but they're bottom feeders. And the only way that you're, they're good to eat is if you smoke them. Right. So we were just doing catch and release. Um, so I don't really know if there was a limit, but I was proud. This was when I was really young, you know, <clears throat> like 10, 12 years old. So. Yeah, they've got a sucker festival too there in Nixon, Missouri, and they, they yeah, a lot of guys like you have to like pressure cook them, you know, down to nothing practically. They're really bony too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then like you know, flake all the meat off, make them into patties or something, and then like fry the shit out of them really hot oil. Um, try to kill some of that gamey flavor, but I thought they were good. Of course, I was drinking a bunch of beer, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, get got to get the taste out of your mouth somehow, right? <laughs> right. Right. And we're back to, yeah, I'm sure the fire eating, that's a taste you don't get out of your mouth easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have never eaten fire, but I have breathed it. And uh, the fuel, that paraffin is a taste you, uh, it's definitely acquired. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to put it. And I'm sure Bryce will agree that, you know, it never does leave you. And his, he's always burned. His lips are always burned. Oh, you wow. know, after, like I said, we just got done with a six night run. Mm. And I haven't looked at his lips lately, but he, I'm sure he's got bubbles on there, <sighs> and they're just pla- it's just plastic right now. Oh wow! Oh, that would drive me nuts. I don't think I could do that. I don't know. Admiration of fans makes you do a lot. I don't think there's an SPF strong enough for your lips on that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. So where was your run? Uh, where'd you guys just get back from? Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this last run. This last week, we uh, New we uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Virginia, back to New Jersey, East Coast. Yeah, we're mainly on the East Coast. Then uh, we just got done. We did Strasburg, Sellersville, and Millersville, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Vineland, New Jersey, Atlantic City, New Jersey, Winchester, Virginia. So yeah, those six cities are. And we just we just finished uh, last night in uh, Millersville. Pennsylvania, and we are headed to, I believe the next show is on Wednesday in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Ooh. So we've got today and tomorrow off. Right back on it, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Man, you guys have played for, man, open for a bunch of amazing acts, too, and uh, concerts. I saw you uh, did Riot Fest here a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. What were some of your favorites uh, for those, like openers and things like that? Riot Fest is up there because we had a really good relationship with them. Uh-huh. And like all good things, you know, it must come to an end. And, uh, you know, they wanted to move in a different direction with the festival, and we were fine with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I said, people move on. Riot Fest was always a good time. I always enjoyed myself. I was on stage 
in uh, Toronto in 2015 with Motorhead. Nice. Uh, side stage, Lemmy's last tour. Oh, wow. So um, I was able to be on the stage while he played his set. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Which was, life cha- which was life-changing. Yeah, it gives me chills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for you, man. You can, I, honestly, you resemble Lemmy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it's kind of funny. It's kind of my old look. I'm I'm all I got a like a stubble beard right now and a and my hair is short, but I did have that lemmy look for quite some time. Yeah, you had the hat, everything. Yep. Yeah. Still wear the hat. I've worn that hat every show of my career. All right on. Nice. It's my trademark. Yeah. I, I have had people tell me that they, they knew who I was. When they saw me come on stage, not because of how I looked, but because of my hat. The hat. <laughs> wow. You have any Lemmy stories? Um, actually, sadly, I don't. I I did, however, spend the night in in his apartment building. Oh yeah. Over there, off a of sunset one night. Yeah. I uh, had a friend in L.A. and and I met her at the Rainbow Room. Uh huh. And we were sitting at the bar having a cocktail and some food and. And she points to a picture on the wall behind the bar, and she goes, he used to be my neighbor. <laughs> wow. And I said, who are you talking about? And she goes, Mr. Kilmeister. Crazy. Mr. Kilmeister. And I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of look, looked at her like, what? <laughs> you know, kind of, excuse me? Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna run that by me? She goes, yeah. I live in the same apartment building as him. Mm-hmm. Well, the night progresses and they start closing down the bar and she's like so there's this after party we could go to but it costs a lot of money to get in she goes it costs money to get in you gotta buy drinks and i told her i was like no i'm I'm done spending money tonight you know i was like i'm not really on a budget but i need to slow my roll i just bought a bunch of weed and right you know i need to like because we're in california obviously Mm -hmm. right and she goes well you know we could go back to my place and i'm like all right so went and spent the night at her place, and she took a picture of me outside of the building, and then we went to his old apartment. I took a picture outside the door, uh-huh. and then uh, we went and I chilled at her place. So I spent so I spent the night with her, mm-hmm. and then woke up the next day, and she took me to go meet up the crew, and then we went and headlined the Whiskey A Go Go that night. Wow! Right on. And then you know, of course, being on stage, you know, at that at, the, at Riot Fest with him, you know, that's. That's like the closest thing to a Lemmy story I've got. You know, I I never had the good fortune to meet him. I never, you know, anything like that. And not no no cool stories like that, you know. Not closer than any story I got. Yeah. I, I was working <laughs> up a Lemmy joke in my head before we started talking. Because I did. I would notice, you know, immediately, oh, man, the dude looks like Lemmy. And I was like, wait a minute. I've never seen those two together. (laughs) (laughs) And if you really think about it, Lemmy's always reaching up for that mic. That mic's way over his head. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe. Uh, Mm. Uh. Mm. Well, it's funny you talk about that because when we were, I use a headset mic. Mm -hmm. Well, we were on tour with Avatar in 2018 in Europe. Uh And literally the first show we're setting up the stage and one of the house techs plugs the wrong power voltage into my receiver. Oh, shit. This is the first show of the European run. <sighs> and I don't have a backup because we were traveling light because we had to fly our gear over. So he blew my receiver. Oh, fuck. And it wouldn't work. So 
what we did is they rigged up a dr- a kick drum mic stand, mm-hmm. and we put a mic on it. Okay. But every night I would do it up and I'd point it down like Lenny. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah. So the Lemmy look was the one you got to embodied in wax, right? Uh yes. Yeah. Yes, that one. They've had a couple. When, when the statue first appeared, I had my. I was a, a clean cut look, short hair, you know, a little bit long in the back. Uh-huh. Uh But as the statues have, because I, I guess they make them to order. Oh, really? For lack of a better term. So as the statues get made, they've updated the look. Hmm. And that's the, the latest iteration that they have of me. Oh. And this is at Ripley's, right? Uh, yes. The, the one I saw is at, at, at the uh, Ripley's in Queensland, Australia, on the Gold Coast. Nice. Cool. I've been there. So there's more than one out there. I didn't know that. Yes. Huh? Yes. Eventually, eventually, uh, they will be in all of the museums uh, that they have around the world. Oh, cool. We got a couple here in Missouri. They let you keep one? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. No. No. No, I never got one. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it'd give you a little kick for that or something. Yeah. Do you have a price one out? Uh, yeah, 10 grand. Oh, ouch. That's spicy. Because I did ask. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was curious because I did want one. Mm. Sure. I would too. Wow. You're a living, breathing one. You're worth more than that. True. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Absolutely. So you guys talking about a uh, tour coming up this fall? Is that uh, right going around uh, Texas? Or are you going to hit any spots in the Midwest? We're in Missouri, so. I was just looking at that. Yeah, you guys are hitting kind of this area. Yeah, we're going to be hitting Missouri. Uh, the the next run, uh, we're finishing this run at the end of the month, then we're going to go home for a month. And then we start back up mid-July, and we're going to be covering, you know, Michigan, Ohio, or Michigan, Wisconsin, I think Minnesota, I really would have to look at the website to see the dates, but the dates are all listed at hellsapoppin.com. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. John, the closest to you is uh, July 17th in St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. And for me, it's going to be in Lawrence in August. Hmm. Yep, August 7th. Lawrence, what's the name of the venue there? The Granada. That place is awesome. Yeah. I love the Grimaud. I've been to a bunch of shows there. I'm in Kansas City. Yeah. So okay. That, okay. That's just a hop over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Columbia, Missouri, so I'm just like in the middle of the state. Go Tigers. Okay. You know, MU. Uh, that town. Mizzou. Mizzou. Mm-hmm. That's us. Yes. Z. Z-O-U. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what's your next big thing that you're wanting to do, like adventure that you're wanting to take or something scary you want to try oh boy that's something i really haven't thought about <laughs> i i do have a goal that i'd like to accomplish in the next year uh-huh. and i'm certain i could do it because for myself i don't feel like it will be that hard but we'll you know just talking about it and actually doing it are two different things um that's to break the guinness record for the longest one-arm handstand oh wow nice huh. who holds it right now um, I couldn't tell you who holds it, but I do know the record is 53 seconds. Mm. I bet you could do If you're already doing 40, I bet you could. I've already tried it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say how long I did it for. All right. Okay. Keep us in suspense. Yeah. I, I'm confident I can do it. Right on. Now, do you 
already have a world record or two? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I have been part of unofficial world records. Got it. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, eye, eye socket weightlifting. Oh, wow. Where a performer will lift me. Like in the show, the performer will attach hooks to their eye sockets and put a strap around me and lift me off the ground. Oh, wow. And I weigh, and I weigh, and I, and I weigh 80 pounds. Oh, holy shit. And, and probably add two more with my, my costume on. Cause my one, my one vest weighs two, two pounds. Cause there's a lot of metal studs on it. Yeah. Metal studs, leather and shit. Yeah. That stuff's not light. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who was the lifter? Two, uh, two performers have accomplished that. Uh-huh. One, his name is Andrew S. Okay. And, uh, and I think he has gone on to set the official record at a hundred and some odd pounds. I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And the other one is another performer named Ozzy Blood. Crazy. Wow. Right on. Not going to do it like swinging off list at Lifto's Junk? No, <laughs> no, no. I don't. I don't want to get that close to that. <laughs> yeah, you probably make the chain pretty long. <laughs> he was on Lollapalooza in the nineties. I don't want to. Uh, to no, we're not. No, not not going to do it. No, sir. No, no. Can't make. It. I don't want to catch any flack, huh? <laughs> no, I don't think I would want to either. Don't know where that thing's been. <laughs> the problem all is we do. It's, uh, it's been a lot of places. Exactly. All, all right. You're right. It's been everywhere. <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> yes, he will. We got a few of those stories from him. <laughs> yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. It really is. So uh, let me let me tell you a little bit about, about, about what else we got going on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as, you know, our other performers and acts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, you know Bryce the Governor Graves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the leader, fearless leader, ringmaster, producer, owner, pro- director, creator, mm-hmm. just all the all the things. Mm-hmm. As well as a host and an MC, you have Willow Loren, uh-huh. who is Bryce's partner in life. Mm-hmm. She is an absolute badass. Yes, former uh, motorcycle stunt rider turned sideshow performer. She does amazing things. She uh, swallows razor blades and regurgitates them. Oh, wow. She is also our sword swallower. And she will also eat a lifesaver candy mm-hmm. and then take dental floss and saw it into her throat and pull it out whole. Oh, wow. As well as our blade box. Uh, she does the blade box illusion, we call it. Uh-huh. And then um, we've got uh, Eric Ross. Uh-huh. Uh, he is a fabulous magician. His specialty is close-up magic. However, on our show, we're a stage show, so close-up magic is not something you can do on a big stage. Right. So this guy does the most physical acts in the show as far as pain tolerance, torture. Like It's, it's, it's insane what this guy does. He'll uh, take a piece of thread, swallow it, and then pull it out of his eye. Oh, yeah. Another piece of set, another piece of thread. Swallow it, and then pull it out of his chest. Oh, wow. I saw that. How do you do? I don't even <laughs> understand how that physically is possible. And then uh, we have uh, Camille Zamboni. She is a contortionist uh-huh. who is able to twist her body literally like a pretzel. Mm-hmm. And some of the 
things she does with her arms, I can't even look at because it hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, Lucian Fuller. He is a world-famous award-winning juggler. He juggles razor-sharp knives. He juggles on a unicycle. He juggles fire torches. He juggles ping-pong balls, chainsaws. It's pretty incredible what he does. you know. And then, last but not least, here's myself uh, with the glass walking and the handstands. And, and I also co-host co-host the show with Bryce and him and I have a lot of banter back and forth it's a it's a brotherly kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. how long have you known Bryce uh I've known it known Bryce for uh, nine years this year oh right on we we just had our nine-year anniversary in March oh congratulations yeah thank you thank you guys <laughs> and 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 a good portion of the show is me and Bryce just fucking with each other yeah <laughs> nice yeah, I so, saw that well I saw some of that Funny. That used to be about half the show, <laughs> yeah. but we've evolved to other things. Yeah. Well, I noticed you guys have a penchant for bad puns, and I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, it, we we get a little stupid with things sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, just to go back to the uh, um, glass walking and hand walking. It's uh, Jesus. I mean, I saw like a, one clip anyway, or just you know, you guys toss just like a bottle of Tito's. He comes down with a hammer on that thing like once. <laughs> you know, mm. I figured he's like, oh, he's really going to mash it up. You know, just powder it. Like, nope. <laughs> just one good hit. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. We just got to break it. Yeah. It's like, shit. No, I wouldn't do that. Have you found some bottles work better than other bottles? Mm, good question. Yes. Mm. Yes, I have. Through mm-hmm. I've been doing that scent a long time, and I like to feel that I've become a little bit of an expert in bottles. Huh. I can imagine. The bottles I use now, I buy them off of Amazon. Uh-huh. They're basically just empty wine bottles, but they're clean. They are not don't have labels on them, uh, and they break really well. Okay. Certain bottles, they bre- they don't break. They shatter. Ah. Uh-huh. And certain bottles will break, and there's a lot of dust. Ah, uh-huh, I see. Glass dust, which is something that you don't want. Hmm. No, you don't want that shit in your lungs. Well, not even in your lungs, but in your skin. Because bear in mind, I'm keep in mind, I'm walking on that. Oh well, yeah. I don't want millions of microscopic shards of dust, of glass dust, in my hands. Yeah. Nope. What are the worst bottles? I would have to say Grey Goose. Oh really? Yeah. There, it's that frosted glass. Oh, I see. And one time we were, we we thought we had we call them I call them a smash bottle. Uh huh. And we thought we had a, a smash bottle in the trailer, and we didn't. I asked the bartender, I'm like, hey, I need a round glass bottle. Uh-huh. I'm like, it can't, you know, we can't use, it can't be a square bottle. It can't be like a Cuervo or a Jaeger or a Jack okay. or a Bean, none of that. It's got to be a round bottle. Yeah. And wine bottles typically work better because the glass is a little bit thicker. But she handed me this Grey Goose bottle and I looked at it and it was, you know, all that frosted glass. Yeah. And I looked at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this will work. And we get in the show and we do it. Uh-huh. We throw it in the bucket and Bryce hits it. And that thing exploded into a million pieces. Like it just absolutely shattered into like these shards, razor sharp shards. Mm. People often ask me, they say, what's the trick to the glass? Uh And I tell them, they're like, how do you walk on the glass and not get cut? And my response is very carefully (laughs) because there is no trick. There is a technique, uh-huh. but there is no trick that you, you you do because 
there are nights that I do get cut. And you, if you can see my hands right now, I got all kinds of cuts and picks and pox and sticks mm. just from the last two weeks. Wow. You know, my hand, they're chewed up. Yeah. What's your, what's your regimen for treating those? Uh, I have a quick med kit. There's a med kit backstage. Mm -hmm. Depending on the severity and the location, um, I use a styptic pen. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, chemical cauterization. Yeah. And sometimes when that doesn't work, I use uh, the new skin spray. Oh. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Because that, that has a coagulant in it, so it'll stop the bleeding really quick and, and coagulate it so I can wipe it away. And it will also seal and it disinfects, and it has a little bit of lanocaine in it. Ah, yeah. Soothe away some of that pain. Just, you know, like, this, it takes the edge off it, so, you know, you can, you're not bothered by it, for lack of a better term. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and ice and bong rips. Bong rips are good. <laughs> yeah. Bong rips after the show are always good and needed. Yeah. yeah. What's the worst incident you've seen or experienced? that I've seen was actually pretty recently. Oh yeah. Lucian was up on a 10 foot unit, his 10 foot unicycle mm. and his chain somehow came off. Oh shit. And he lost it and he fell straight flat on his back off the top of it. <sighs> the, the unicycle went down and he went down with it. Oh damn. And that was pretty hardcore. Was he juggling anything? No. Oh, thank God. No, he wasn't juggling at the time. He was getting ready to juggle. Whew. He said, "Yeah, he said that um, one of the tensioners had broken." Oh, damn! On the chain. Oh, oh yeah, on the, on the chain, on the yeah, on the wheel. Well, yeah, it, it, it you know, bear, keep in mind, it's a, a unicycle; it's ten feet tall. Yeah. So the chain's got to have some tension on it, and there's tensioners throughout the unicycle. Oh, fuck! You know, to keep tension, keep, to keep the chain tight enough, so that he can ride it and control it. And I guess one of those broke or came, became disengaged and it slacked the chain and then the chain got caught in the sprocket. Oh, shit. And he went straight down onto his back and, and kind of trying to break his fall, fell uh, injured his wrist. And he, he's, he's recovering and he went out the next night and did it. Wow. You know, got, got back on the horse, you know, so. Well, I'm glad he wasn't like juggling knives or something when that happened. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that, that that would have been a bad deal if that would have, would have been the situation. Jeez, but, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that's that's one of the that's one of the most ooh yeah moments I've seen on the show. You know that that was pretty intense, and you know there's been others. Huh. You know Willow kind of fell off the stage one night and injured her hip a little bit, and uh, she saved the prop. And she got back at it the next night, you know, went on, you know, the mentality with us is, you know, and in this business, the show must go on. Yeah. So you got to suck up that pain and put it away till later. Feel it after the show. Yeah. Well, death defying kids. Go check out the show. For sure. Hell's a popping. I'd say check out some video, but don't do that. <laughs> go see the show. Video does not do our show justice. I didn't think so. You have to experience it. Yeah, you know, I'm watching. I like, I was like, I've got to see this. I've got to see this up close. There's no way this is doing any any justice. That might give you an idea. Yeah, go see the show. Are you touring with any other acts right now? Um, as far as like any other groups or bands or anything like that. Yeah. No, it's just us. We're it's a straight headline tour. Oh, cool. You know, our our show is anywhere between two hours, fifteen minutes, two and a half hours long. 
with an intermission. Wow. Uh, so we don't we don't need uh, at this time we don't need any bands to open up or any any other troops or anybody like that to open up for us. Uh, you know, we we fill enough time you know by ourselves. Cool. You know, people don't want to be you know sitting for you know three and four hours. Right. Yeah. You know, festival is one thing, but yeah, that way you don't have to split the bill. And right. Exactly. You don't have to split the check. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right on. Well, Matt, are you guys about ready to wrap? Is there anything else you wanted to throw out there or talk about? Yeah. Anything else you want to plug, promote, anything? Uh... com or come to a city near you. Right on. Awesome. You got any merch you're wanting to sling? Yeah. com merch store. <laughs> All right. Nice and easy. How's a poppin' circus sideshow on Facebook? Okay. How's a poppin' on Instagram? Right on. And then you can find all of the other performers through How's a Poppin's Instagram. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I need to get a t shirt or something. Yeah, absolutely. So go give myself, Willow, Eric Ross, Lucian, Camille, all a follow on Instagram. Uh-huh. And I would also like to plug our road crew. We have two road crew who without them, we could not do this show. Hell yeah. And they make it so that all of us literally are able to walk on the stage and do what we do. And we don't have to ask for things. We get there. Our drinks are where they're supposed to be for us. Uh, whatever props we need for the acts, they bring them on and set them, strike them for us. They set it up. They break it down. They push it into the trailer, and they unload it every night. And without those two that we have, their names are Andrew and Kenny. And without the two of them, we would not be able to do this show. Thank you, Andrew and Kenny. Absolutely. Yes. Big shout out to our road crew. You guys have a pretty cool set, too. Oh, thank you. But I'm sure it takes work. Yes. And they they have it down to a science. Yeah. Yeah. Good backgrounds, costuming, all that stuff. Yeah. I love that. But they uh, they they make us look really good. Right on. Cool. Well, yeah. Looking forward to you coming this way. For sure. Don't skip us here on the flyovers. Yeah, we'll see you this summer for sure. Looking forward to it. All right. Right on, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Special guest, Short E Dangerously from Hell's a Poppin' Circus Sideshow. Go see this goddamn show. Yes. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. Thanks for coming on, man. We, we really enjoyed talking to you. And for sure. It was cool to pick your brain. And uh, Yeah, come back anytime. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I had a really good time. Oh, good. And hi to everybody else. Anytime any of you guys want to come on, just let us know. Sure. We'll get Lifto on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get Lifto on. Definitely. <laughs> that sounds like fun. All right, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, everybody.